You can't steal second with your foot on first. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Picnic Table Society. I'm Joe, along with Aaron and Jeff. What's going on, you guys? Man, I'll tell you, I'm doing phenomenal this morning. I went Monday and rode an elephant. It's this whole thing they've got. Rode an elephant. Yeah, man. They got this whole setup. Um, It's not a sanctuary. It Did is you a- put like the... You remember the old cartoons where they'd be like on a donkey with the with the carrot on a stick in front of it? Aww. Did you did you put like a did you put like a peanut on a stick in front of the elephant? You know like, the elephant is actually you know smarter I mean? than your average human being, so it didn't need a peanut to follow. I was uh, kind of okay. surprised. How bad did they you. smell? Actually, not that bad. The flies were terrible, though. Was Aww. it really? Yeah, but yeah. they didn't smell that bad. So how was it? Was it fun? It was really fun. It, it was definitely an experience that you don't get to go. You know, get every day and. It's just something different, you know what I mean? Learned a lot about elephants and Cool. It's pretty dope. My wife rode an elephant in um in Thailand. Her and her mom went this was when she had to have been probably like, I don't know, twelve, thirteen, something like that. Her and her mom went to Thailand. See, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's like uh, where Indiana Jones went in Temple of Doom. He was on an elephant. Um in Temple of Doom. Yeah, because he had remember the kid? Yeah. What's the kid? Uh, uh, short round, short, yeah, short, short, round. short round. There you short go, round. Yeah, 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 yeah. big time. temple of doom. Oh my god! Before your time, before my, I mean, I, I've heard of Indiana Jones. I've heard of right, Indiana Jones. We need Jones. a new co-host. Holy! <laughs> Let me guess. You haven't seen Star Wars either. Absolutely not. That's my choice. All right. out. That's my choice. For all I am of, walking out. For all of our listeners out there, we we profusely apologize <laughs> for Aaron over here. Give me a second. I got to Google what profusely means. <laughs> profusely, yeah. Look it up. <laughs> GED guy over here. You tell me. <laughs> I, I, do, I, do have my, I do have my GED. Good that enough. Is, that is correct. <laughs> Never went to college. People used to ask me, where'd you go to college? And just, just as a joke, I'd be like, I went to UCLA, the university on the corner of Lexington Avenue. Oh, hey. my goodness. Hey, I got, I got <laughs> I a college story. Uh, so um, I got sober in June of 2013 right here. And there's picnic tables outside. So I, yeah. I was hanging out outside. It was like week two. And Todd L. was out there with Gerald K. and myself. And there used to be a little single basketball hoop yes, in the front. in the parking lot. It was a disgusting parking lot back yeah, then, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there were two young African-American boys playing out there. And Gerald, who we call Uncle Gerald, had just yes. gotten sober, too, in April of 2013. Uh-huh. Well, May, actually. May 1st. And he said, watch this. I'm going to go over there. And Ger- Gerald is the only guy. From, where, where's he from? Jacksonville, Arkansas. He moved to Jacksonville, Florida. He's and the he, only Puerto Rican you'll ever meet from Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. He said, I'm going to go play some ball. So he goes over there for about 10, 15. Oh, he could play. Yeah. He yeah. went over there. He's playing these kids. He comes back sweaty, out of breath. You know, he smokes. Oh, yeah. And he tells us a funny story that, that those kids, they were like seven or eight. They started asking him when they were done playing. Wow, what college did you go to and play? <laughs> and Gerald's like five foot five, yeah. you know N- what I mean? NCAA. Yeah, yeah. And and Gerald said, well, I learned that. What's the name of that prison here in Florida? Uh, F- I don't F- know. I never F- went. Something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But he, he mentions the initials of the prison, and the kids are like, that's a good college. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. That's yeah. good stuff. That was great. Hey, you did. Me- I do have to mention this real quick, because you mentioned the picnic tables over here. Yes. You know, the name of this show is Picnic Table Society. And I just want to give a shout out to a buddy of mine, Chris, because I was I was hanging out with him like a couple weeks ago. We went to a we went to a live music event, which is the first live music event I've been to since before, you know, COVID and stuff like that. It was mm. awesome. We had a great time. But uh, I told him, I said, dude, I said, I poached your name, bro, for our show. 
because he came up with he coined right. the name Picnic Table Society. This was years ago. All of us used to hang out at the picnic tables in front of this meeting hall and not go in the meeting. And all the people in the meeting, bunch used to, of rebels. Oh no, they used oh, to get yeah. they it used to bad. get so mad at us because yep. they'd come outside because we'd be like laughing and carrying on and joking and stuff like that, and they'd. they'd peek their heads out the doors and be like, dude, you guys got to quiet it down. Yeah, we stuff we like were that. wrong looking back at it. Oh, no, but right it was it was there. a lot of fun. And we learned a whole lot, oh, you yeah. know, hanging out at those picnic tables. But he coined the phrase picnic table society. Right. So I told him the other day, I said, dude, I poached it. So I'm going to give you a shout out on our on our show. So <laughs> good thank stuff. You. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, thank you, Chris. We miss you. Come see us. That's and by funny. the way, you could visit our, we- our website at www.picnictablesociety.com. Yes. And on the website, you could uh, click on any one of the episodes and uh, you could easily access them from there. Yeah, and also it, on, on the website, it's got a link to like, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, right. Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, I don't even know what the phrase is, but whatever. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. 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 That, yeah that I'm trying works. to help you, Joe, but not, my mind's drawn a blank. Not venue, but yeah. yeah. Anyways. Well, let me tell you how I'm doing today. Whatever music service, streaming service you use. There you mm-hmm. go, Joe. Yeah. This, could, this is starting out to be the greatest day in sobriety I've ever had. Tell us why. I'm going to tell you why, Aaron. <laughs> it's because, you see, one of the promises of this program is we get to make amends with family members and everything. And about a year ago, my fiance and I were able to take my mom out of Queens, New York and move her in. And uh, we recently bought a house in November. And so it's four bedrooms. She has her own room and everything. But today, ooh, I get to drive my mom to the airport and she's going back to Queens, New York to stay with my sister for 40 days. High five. 40 yeah. I know 40 you days. happy. 40 days. I Is love she you, mom. listening? Love you, mom. Okay. Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'll take good care of you. Hey, we yeah. love Ma around here. Love Ma. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, Joe, you, know you brought up a good point, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, you brought up Music Festival. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, with Memorial Day coming up, and you know, for me, that was another reason to drink. Um, any kind of holiday, really, the smallest one you can think of, um, it was a reason for me to drink. Sure. So coming in the rooms, you know, and then now celebrating these holidays or even just events such as music festivals, concerts, anything of the sort. You know, for me, I recognize a concert with drinking or smoking pot or doing something illegal. Um, But today, of course, I I try not to live like that. So what I wanted to talk about today is how we all got through, um, you know, especially those first few years of um, holidays sober you know because i know i remember i think i was probably three months sober and i got invited in my first aa outing <laughs> if that's what you want to call it where was that um my sponsor actually got like a hotel room and some aa outing yeah aa outing she, she makes it sound like uh <laughs> You know, like you like a what is a school trip field day? Oh yeah, field trips. It's like when I was in rehab, they were like going on an outing, and it could be a it could be at like the softball field, and every female would put on every ounce of makeup with dresses because they were leaving the rehab. Of course, yeah. 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 So did you have like chaperones? Well, did you have bud- the buddy so, system? <laughs> my, fir- my, first sponsor, know, yeah, yeah. my first sponsor had got some hotel room at some fancy schmancy, you know, hotel and um, it had a huge pool. And so she invited a whole bunch of people out there, invited me. And so I was out there sitting with probably 40 other alcoholics, you know, and I'm I'm the newest one on the block. And you could tell I was sitting in a chair in the corner geeking on Red Bulls, you know, just downing them like they were like they were alcohol and kind of didn't know how to act and just yeah. didn't know how to be, you know? And 
after it, she said, you survived your first AA thing, you know? And um, I don't know. Over the years, I've gotten better at it, you know? But it definitely, the first few times, I mean, I still won't go to a concert today because I'm a little scared. I don't know how to act. No, that's okay. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying as far as not knowing how to act. Like, it's, you know, the first few times you go out and you're sober, to, um, you know, a place, especially like, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, concert or, you know, some sort of, you know, large event where everybody's drinking, smoking weed, whatever, you know, like, like, the you know, just a couple weeks ago, like I said, when I went to, um, went to that show with my buddy, I mean, there was people smoking weed all over the place, you know, but I mean, it doesn't bother me, you know, now don't get me wrong, you know, I've been, you know, sober for quite a while now, so I'm, I'm kind of used to that sort of thing, but I understand what you're saying, like, you don't really... It's it's a different experience, like especially going, you know, early in sobriety, we used to go out to like, um, we were big into like UFC fights and stuff oh, yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Remember, we all used to go to, oh, what, yeah. what was that place? Um, it was like an Ira, Tilted Kilt. Well, yeah, we used to go there. Yeah. We used to go to a place called the Ale House. Right. Yeah. In Tinseltown yeah. area. Yep. And um, yeah, so we would just go there and, you know, of course, those fights are going on till uh, the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't start till like 10 o'clock at night. They're going on till sometimes, you know, like one o'clock in the morning. So, you know, you're at you know, a bar when everybody's drinking. But here's the funny thing that I noticed, though. So I noticed early on in sobriety, most people, even though they might be drinking, they're not drinking alcoholically. If you ever, like, I'm serious, go to a bar late at night, not like, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are certain bars that you could probably go (laughs) to where it's, you know, but if you're just like a normal kind of sports bar, you're out there hanging with your friends and stuff like that. You can't help early on in sobriety, but kind of look around and kind of notice everybody. They're really not out of control, like slobbering drunk, like right. like I used to be. Well, here's the thing. So, about, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. I thought it was funny, though. It's oh, like, absolutely. You start noticing that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you start yeah. looking around. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, with me, <clears throat> what happened with me when I got here was uh, I was the guy who would come in the room and be like, oh, man, Memorial Day is coming. Labor Day is coming. Christmas is coming. How am I going to do this? I'm going to get triggered. How am I going to be around this and this? And then a guy, um, I won't say his name, but he, he came up to me after the meeting and he said, let me ask you something. Did you drink pretty much every day? And I was like, well, yeah, I drank or I used. He was like, then that's no, that, that day is no different than any other day. And that exactly. kind of clicked really quick with yep. me, you know? And what I found out over time was, I'll use the example of my son's mother, my second ex-wife. So I, when I came into, uh, into the program, the, the, I was with her. And for three years, I was with her here in Jacksonville. And she knew I had a problem. And I was drinking a lot, pretty much every day of the week. And I couldn't wait for a holiday to come up. Because I knew it was a holiday. Therefore, in my mind, I was like, she can't say nothing to me because it's a holiday. So therefore, I am allowed to (laughs) Uh, drink. It doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it doesn't count. So I would look forward to these holidays because you can't say nothing to me. It's it's freaking Father's Day. I'm allowed to drink. I'm a father. So the holiday is not an excuse for us to drink or use drugs. It's the excuse we can give our loved ones to leave me the afterlife. Absolutely. That's where I was with it. Because they... They can't complain that you're drinking on Memorial Day, but they can complain if it's just a Tuesday. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, a little rationalization, justification, right. manipulation. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're good That's at funny. that stuff. Yep. Absolutely. And what I learned really quick by coming here was that, man, thank God that we are in Jacksonville, Florida in sobriety. I don't know. I can't speak of anywhere else. But, um, you, you know, 
there are so many things that happen around town here during the holidays. There are. There's, so many. Yeah. There's always places to go. There's always, I mean, think about it. There's bingo events. There's karaoke events. There, there's cookouts. There's, I mean, this week alone, this Sunday. You're talking Sunday, about in sobriety. In sobriety. Oh, especially on the holiday. holidays. Yeah, but, there's, mean, yeah. Yeah, we got Memorial Day coming up on Monday. Okay, so uh, if yep. you're listening, this is Thursday, basically. Look at what's happening on Sunday at one of the clubhouses here in Jacksonville. On 51 East 1st Street, we have the Alco House, which is run by Doug J. Fantastic job he's doing over there. They are doing a huge fish fry there in the afternoon. I'm not sure what time it starts, but um, it, it, I mean that's amazing that uh, us people in recovery have a place to go on that Sunday when everybody's off on Monday, right? Sure. Because I would look forward to that Sunday. That's a three-day weekend for me. So now we have somewhere to go on a Sunday, knowing we're off Monday, knowing that, hey, we could go somewhere, not have to drink a drug, be around a whole bunch of other people yeah. just like us. Yeah. Right. Right. And then the following day, when, when you, you're done with all the fish and you brush your teeth, you could come over to uh, <laughs> 3645 Spring Park Road, the Jabba Club, which is a huge clubhouse also. And they are having a huge Memorial Day cookout after the noon meeting here. I mean, there's going to be ribs and hamburgers and hot dogs. There's going to be a huge uh, water slide for the kids, and it's also adult-approved. I've tried it. So, <laughs> so, but I'm just saying there's always something yes. going on, right? It's just a fantastic way of life. No, that's cool. That's cool. Now, I mean, for, for me personally, I don't, like I said, it, it doesn't bother me going to events, though, where people are drinking Not and, anymore. Using, and, and using drugs. Well, when I say using drugs, I mean, you know, mainly like smoking weed and stuff like that. I don't really visit places where it's like, you know, right. a whole bunch of people shooting heroin. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's, a, that's a little bit out of my scene right there. But, um, you know, it like I said, it doesn't bother me, but I know... I think it's really all all your motives, though, too. Oh, absolutely. You know, like yes. why why are you are you going to this place? You know, just because you want to enjoy the music, or you want to enjoy you know company with your friends, or whatever else is going on there. Enjoy the festivities, or are you going there to you know be around drugs well, and alcohol? And like it, I, I don't know. Like my, my motives are just, um, hey man, I'm just going to go have fun. And none yeah. of us are big book me. thumpers here. We're not no. big book thumpers, but there is something in our big book. I, I, I think Joe was mentioning it early before the show in step 10 because we were talking about this. And uh, it says something like, and I'm paraphrasing, please, we could go anywhere as long as we're either in fit spiritual condition Absolutely. or our motives are right or something like that. Absolutely. And th that brings me to a funny story. We had Grateful Mike on here as a guest two weeks ago. Grateful Mike loves to talk about when he was in year one of sobriety that he was, he was in a meeting. And some guy just came up to him and said, be careful of the, uh, uh, the bourbon hot dogs and the rum cakes and walked away from Grateful Mike. And Grateful Mike says he's never seen that guy ever again. And later on that day, he went a to ghost. a holiday cookout and he got online to get the food and he got up front and there were hot dogs cooked in bourbon up there it wasn't a, a recovery like uh, that's cookout. pretty funny yeah so he you know so he always tells people if you go into this place be aware of the bourbon hot dogs and i, could, I could go for a hot dog <laughs> cooked in bourbon hey. yeah. oh, geez, keep you know coming back. for me it's like i know i just went out of vacation on vacation um about a week ago oh and we know you're still on vacation oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. She's got a flower shirt on. Where's your, what is that the thing they give you in hawaii they put around your neck the lay necklaces yeah, where's your lay necklace yeah look it's island time somewhere aloha okay. there you go um but you know it was even two and a half years sober you know it was difficult for me um just 
I know. I, we went to visit my in-laws, my, my significant other and I, and she used to be a bartender, you know, and she's from the beach where, like, you've got 10 bars per block. Um, and so, you know, we're on the beach, and she mentioned to me, you know, it just it feels different, you know, because she used to sit on that same beach with those beach bars right behind her, and there, there wasn't a day that she went to enjoy the beach without a drink in her hand. I think that had actually been the first time she was on the beach without a drink in her hand. And that was me, you know? Um, so where Joe, you know, you have a different scenery from where you're using and drinking. For me, it's at those concerts. For me, it's at that sports bar. I was that one person in the sports bar that oh. was just getting a little too wasted. Oh, no, don't you know? get me wrong. I was too. Either oh, that yeah. or I was like, Hey, I got what you want. You want, you want to buy, you know? So it was, so for me, going in someplace that quote unquote normal people go and, and drink normally, you know, I was that one person that was always up to no good in that normal place. Right. So I really have to, you know, like you said, check my motives when I, when I want to go somewhere. And I just, I find myself, it, it's a little bit more harder for me to, to adjust to it. And that's you know, okay. You, yeah. you bring up something interesting because I've heard, you know, if, if you're, if you're, you know, in recovery for a while, you'll hear about people that talk about how they can't go to places like that. And they've been sober for years and years and years, you know, and people that will say, you know, things like, um, oh, you know, my, my brother's getting married, you know, we're going to a wedding and everybody's going to be drinking and I have to be real like, you know, all uber careful and, you know, maybe can't stay there the whole time and stuff like that. And these are people that have been sent that have been sober for years and years and years. And I used to sit there and kind of get a little critical in my head of these people. Like, like, dude, seriously, are you kidding me? Like, cause I was doing that stuff like way early on in sobriety and just like, it doesn't phase me, you know? But then I had to come to the realization that's just, Hey, it's different strokes for different folks. Right. And you need to do what you feel comfortable doing, you know? So if, you know, if anyone's listening to this and you know, they're faced with, you know, going to an event like that like listen you know you, you have to be comfortable in your own skin right like if, if if you're if you're going someplace and that type of behavior that you see going on there like Aaron like you were talking about going to the bars or you know hanging out in scenes like that if it makes you uncomfortable then it's okay it's okay to be uncomfortable and it's okay to not go there or leave or do whatever it is that you got to do now me on you know I I kind of think that the uh you know, and, and I don't want to necessarily encourage people to do this, but for me, the best way to learn how to swim is to just go ahead and get in the water. So for me, I think one of the best things for me early on in sobriety was being with a group, a group of guys that were also sober and right. going to places like that. Right. And I just got comfortable with it. And I do that stuff nowadays, and it doesn't even cross my mind right. about drinking nope. using drugs yeah it's just it's just part of my normal i like to do those sorts of things and it's just completely normal for me and that's one of the gifts of the program we stick around that that it just becomes normal yeah. you know you're in that, that position of neutrality the, man that's the discipline that w we talk about which is going to be a topic for the show upcoming and you know one thing i hated when people would tell me when i got here was the answers in the book the answers in the book oh my goodness stop with that but i've come to believe that any kind of solution any kind of answer for any question i'm looking for is in the book. I truly believe that. And there is a story in our book, in our literature, that talks about the guy could be Fred. I, I, again, we're not big book thumpers. But he left to go on a trip, and he went, and he, had, he, he was at a bar or something, 
And he said, well, if I put a little whiskey in the milk, right? Oh, and yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of the story, yeah. after he got drunk and all that, he says it's because he wasn't in fit spiritual condition. Right. right. And that's why it's so important for us to develop some kind of a... Some kind of spirituality, you have a higher power. Well, you know, that part of the book that you're talking about, it also says that we're, you know, in that position of neutrality where we're not seeking temptation, but we're not avoiding it Ten either. step promises. Right. So it's like, it's one of those things I, I really kind of hone in on that. You know, I'm not seeking temptation, but I'm not avoiding it. Because right. listen, you're going to go through life and you can't avoid, you know, being around, especially alcohol. Right. That's everywhere, you know? And I guess nowadays, you know, marijuana, too. I mean, it's just all over the place. It's becoming legal everywhere and stuff like that. So there's no way for me to completely avoid that for my whole life. So, shit, I might as well just embrace it, man. (laughs) Right. And, you know, time takes time. And I think one of the most important things said on this show was Joe just mentioned that when he was going out, it was with groups. Groups yeah, of other sober yeah. individuals. Especially in the beginning. Absolutely. Right. And that's what I'm getting at. Right. The most va- like my suggestion for today is if you're new, make sure, please try to surround yourself with somebody else who is in recovery with you. Okay. That it way. It can't hurt. It can hurt, man. And, you know, I did it wrong. My first six months, I got sober on Father's Day weekend, which is June. I went for, to the 4th of July at the landings. With uh-huh. my ex-wife, with my son on my shoulders. All I was thinking about was drinking and all the smell of the marijuana around me. Okay? And then Thanksgiving came. At the dinner at the family, all I was thinking about was drinking because they had drinking wine. Christmas came, and I was in Helen, Georgia, which is Germantown. Everything was a beer there. I don't know how I made it through not drinking. But I put myself through a lot of unnecessary crap because, I, you know, I wasn't even calling anybody when I was feeling this way. Right. You know? So I think for me, if I would have surrounded myself with people in recovery for these things, because I had the opportunity. There was events going on around town. Or if I would have picked up the phone to call somebody, let them know how I felt, I wouldn't have had all that pain and that constant thought and upset. Right. My last thing that I want to point out is, you know, always check, like for me, it's always about checking my motives. You know, like Joe was saying, do I have a reason to be here? You know, and then it was also taught to me in early sobriety that if I do have, if I do have a reason to be somewhere with drinking, you know, have an escape plan. So again, taking a sober person with me and saying, okay, you know, if I don't feel good, like this is our escape plan, you know, maybe, um, not driving with someone who, who does drink, you know, not riding with them. And so that way I have my own vehicle with me. If I need to cut loose, I can get in my car and cut loose. So these days you don't see me without my car too often. <laughs> no, that's that, awesome. and, that's, and that's cool. I mean, like I said, you, you, you got to do what you feel comfortable with. And if you don't feel comfortable doing something, yeah, you can just you can go ahead and leave. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The only kind of thing, I'll, I'll, the only little caveat that I will mention, though, is and Jeff did mention something about family events. OK, mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, their families drink and yep. stuff like that and having to be around them and stuff. Listen, family is family, okay? If 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 a member of your family is getting married or there's a funeral or there's a baptism or there's a, you know, whatever, someone's birthday party and there's drinking there, dude, it's your family. Suck it up and deal with it. I'm sorry, but... You know, quit being a selfish, you know, SOB. And use just, the tools when you're there. Well, use yeah. the tools. And, you know, listen, you don't have to, you know, listen, if you're there for a little while and you want to leave, okay, fine. But, like, don't just avoid a family right. event because your selfish ass can't be around right. people drinking. You know, it's family. Do what you got to do and just suck it up and deal with it. Absolutely. That's my opinion on that, okay? Well, so. man, maybe I could say this before we close out the show. You know, one of the things I have loved doing my whole life is deep sea fishing. 
and they have plenty of charters here in Florida. And, um, you know, one of the things I did deep sea fishing was always drink, right? So when I got sober, I went deep sea fishing and there's always people drinking. Man, that triggered me. I'm on a boat for eight hours. How am I not going to drink, uh, right? There but goes the run- escape plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was running the bathroom, pop pills, all this stuff, right? So what I've learned now in, in recovery is that the obsession disappears. I actually enjoy now when I go deep sea fishing. And there's a group of dudes or whoever next to me, and they're getting hammered, man. Because by the end of the trip, they know that I'm in recovery, and they're probably hating me because I'm talking to them about recovery, and they're asking questions. Joe, when I take you, no, I'm not going to take you, Uh, Aaron. When I take you, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. That's funny. It's either that or you're catching more fish than they are because they're too drunk to tie on any more leaders. No, they're crossing their lines with me, and then there's a problem. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, but you go, you know, you go with other people that are sober, anyways. Yeah, Yeah. I always do. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's fun, but. Anyways, well, that we're about out of time today. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Uh, you know what? Anytime. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care.